Meanwhile, 22 pages later, with your hosts, The Cap, Mike the Finance Guy, and Ralph the Tech. Well, 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 so glad you've been able to join us. Welcome to another edition of Meanwhile, 22 Pages Later, episode 176. I'm one of your hosts, The Cap. And with me, as always, is the man who loves to hear himself talk. He probably argues with himself, too, but he never tells himself to shut up. MFG Mike, the finance guy. There he... Um, Poltergeist. Which, do you really... Yes, it's actually... It's actually... Uh... A movie about ghosts terrorizing a family from an Indian burial ground. Yes, yes, I do. <laughs> yeah, but it's like talking about like one of those movies that are supposed to be scary in theory, but are not that scary. I don't know if I call Poltergeist a Wait, horror film. But you're okay. saying it's not scary? Wow. That's my point. If I'm saying yeah, it's not scary, it's not a horror film. Well, well, you do understand that 1932 Frankenstein, Dracula, all this stuff are also horror films, right? Yeah, yeah, but that that never for the era. Right, and for the 80s, <laughs> for an 80s, 80s family movie. was not scary. <laughs> but okay, no, it was, I, again, it, it's a horror film. <laughs> all right, all right. And our other illustrious host, who's not giving me shit, but he'll give me shit at the end of the show, is known for very few words. And when he does actually say words, they're always really positive and nice, even about fucking content. RT Square off the tech. Fuck you. Ah, there we Thank go. You. Look at me not living up to your expectations. So, the other day, as I was paddling out into the ocean with my amazing self-made surfboard, which I swear is not held together with duct tape and bubble gum. Right. As this massive wave approached me, and I realized that my self-made surfboard might not survive... And the wave just crushed over me and I was tumbling and tumbling inside the wave. A thought occurred to me. It probably took longer to film the movie Police Academy than it actually takes for a cop to graduate from a police academy. Hmm. Holy shit. <laughs> probably did. <laughs> right? When you think about it, right? Especially back then. There goes our cop audience. <laughs> oh my goodness. But, but, but it didn't take them longer to film that than it did for you to make that intro. Wow. Well, well I was I was <laughs> told that about long intros. That's even better. <laughs> I, I was told that I don't talk enough. So I figure if I get all the talking done in the beginning, then people won't complain at the end. <laughs> uh, very true, very true. Okay. Yeah. Is that from the, right. is that from our strong Dominican uh, contingency? Yeah. They're they're like, you don't talk all enough. Right. And I'm like, it is what it is. Why are they listening to a podcast when they should be fixing somebody's radiator in a, an apartment building? They do that while oh. they're fixing the radiator. It's what motivates them. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> so today, we're lucky enough to have a double feature. I love when we have these. We, you know, we, we do two things at once. We used to do that back in the day, but now we're back to the double feature. First, we have an excellent artist from the comic book industry um, with us here to talk about his new project, Cult of Dracula. Joining us will be artist Henry Martinez. Then we're going to be talking about a show that talks about the end of the world and a pandemic. Wow, that's not airy at all. Uh, <laughs> we, we will be discussing the Amazon Prime series, Utopia. But first, 
You know what? Fuck it. We've got so much shit to talk about today. I'm just going to say no intro. Here's Mike and the quick news. And now, the quick news with Mike, the finance guy, and Ralph and Kyle. Uh, I wish we had extra guests all the time so that he wouldn't have to make a long intro. Yeah, I wish we had extra guests so you wouldn't have to be on. How about that one? I wish well, we had no listening guests and none of you guys so it would just be me, just me, only me, all the time. That's just He's describing worse. his listening base as well. He's also talking about his Friday nights. What else you got? What else you got? What you got, Mike? All righty. Hey, Bippity boppity. Are we ready now? Maybe. Oh, I'm sorry. W- one more, one more. <laughs> okay, now. Yes, it's quick news for a reason. Shut <laughs> up. Go for it. Bippity boppity about time. Netflix toiled and troubled over its cauldron, co-produce a release date for everyone's favorite little witch. The final chapter of The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina will help bring in the new year when it airs on December 31st, 2020. The chapter will consist of eight episodes and promises a war between the Greendale Coven and the Old Gods, also known as the Eldritch Terrors. So set your wand for New Year's Eve reminder and get ready for a bewitching night. I have not caught this series yet. I've been really wanting to. I've heard good things about it. I mean, we we should review it at some point. But, um, wow. I mean, how do you guys like the series? I know Mike watches it. I don't know if Ralph watches it. Well, look. To Mike's disappointment, I've only seen the first season, and I I can already feel, you know, his anger towards me for not seeing the rest of it. Hate eyes. Grown yeah. used to being disappointed, disappointed in you. That's all right. <laughs> I, I can't handle all this disappointment, Mike. It's, it's just it's too much for me. Well, well then that I... should make you want to point instead of disappoint. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> but definitely looking forward to to, to Sabrina, um, the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Hope that can catch up. But I definitely want to check it out. What else you got there, Mike? All righty. We'll get ready for B-movies, A-plus fun, and a D-cup bust. The Mistress of the Dark is working on bringing fans a new movie. Cassandra Peterson, a.k.a. Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, Mm -hmm. has been collaborating with writers to launch a third film. But this one will be animated. Elvira already has two live-action films around her 26-inch waist with Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, and Elvira's Haunted Hills. At 60 years old, and she looks fantastic at 60, by she the way. She does. She what? really does. The self-confessed siren of schlocky horror movies is not waiting for an early grave, as she is currently the subject of several comic book series and video games, including a notable appearance in the DLC for Call of Duty Infinite Warfare's Absolution. No what? word on a possible release date for the movie. Love me some Elvira. I remember when... Um... I saw her out of makeup. I'm like, wow, she looks so homely. And then you see her in the makeup. You're like, she she hasn't aged really. She really hasn't aged. Well, well that makeup's helping. But I mean, but even that, <laughs> even without the makeup, she still looks great for age. You know. Yeah. And I'm sure looks- you all have enjoyed her 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 Playboy centerfold from back in the day. I'm sure. I remember uh, that. Look, yeah. look at Ralph's eyes. Just <laughs> Ralph's eyes just bounced up. Like what? You didn't see Play- my eyes. <laughs> what's Playboy? What's that? What's a magazine? <laughs> Exactly. That's probably what's going on with What's that. a magazine? But, I mean, the fact that she still has a career after all this time, that she's still somewhat relevant. I just remember. Yeah, she, she's always around. I love it, you know. Cassandra uh, Peterson, huh? No, Sandra yeah. Peterson. Is it Cassandra No, Cassandra. 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 Yeah, Cassandra. Ah, all right. love her. Anyway, <laughs> last. Uh-huh. Anyway, 
last but not least, after more than one, two, fifty years, <laughs> Sesame Street is getting a Lego makeover. The plastic what? brick company will be adding the exclusive model of one, two, three Sesame, um, Sesame Street inspired by fans of the long-running PBS children's show to its collections. The model will stand 9.4 inches high, 14.2 inches wide, and 8.2 inches deep. It will come with five minifigures, Bitbird, uh, Cookie Monster, Elmo, Bert, and Ernie, along with the famous 123 Sesame Street building. The set has Hooper's store, Big Bird's nest, and Oscar the Grouch's trash. Uh, the 1,367-piece Lego set is for ages 18 and up and will include Easter eggs such as Ernie's rubber duckies, Bert's pigeons, Oscar's roommate Slimy the Worm, Big Bird's teddy bear, and Elmo's pet goldfish Dorothy. The box also includes mini portraits of characters like Snuffleupagus and Count Bon Count. One Two Three Sesame Street it. will be available for purchase at $119.99 starting November 1st, 2020. I, I'm not even buying that from for, for my daughter. I'm buying that for myself. I can't even lie. Well, she's not 18 plus, is she? <laughs> Yo, hey, hey. For a moment there, I thought you said after, what was it? You said 50 years? Mm-hmm. That Sesame More Street was, was ending. I'm like, oh, okay, sweet. It's about time. I don't have to. I have no particular feeling one way or the other for Sesame Street at this point. <laughs> but I enjoyed it from my childhood. Right. Yeah, well, well, I definitely enjoyed it. And I can say as a dad, to, to, to live it again. Even though it's changed the format a little bit, because I, I definitely will say this for Mike and I, who are closer in age, even though he doesn't want to admit it. Um, I'm watching, 26, I've admitted it all along. I told you you have dyslexia, stop it. Um, found <laughs> <laughs> the podcast gotta be true. So, um, um, Mike and I are similar in age, so the way we saw Sesame Street was very similar. It, I swear to God, for me, it was like um, ADD. Because it didn't stay on one theme, just moved around, which was great, but that's a lot to take in. Watching it now, it's a little bit more streamlined, but it's still enjoyable, still educational, still clever. And I always love, as a dad, I love watching it even more, so I would buy that set. So I can't even lie. Yeah, I, Hopefully you're learning something now. For me, I, I didn't like how Sesame <laughs> Street was very condescending and tried to make me feel like I was dumb. It was like, H... M. Oh, here's my fish. Can you say fish? I'm like, fish, bitch. Yeah, but when you watch it at 18, Ralph, that's what's going to happen. <laughs> that was me at two, man. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, 20. Okay. Mike, is that all your quick news? <laughs> yeah, that is it. All right. Ralphie boy, you got any quick news, bro? What is news? Mm. Yeah. I don't know. I have a way for you to finish saying it. Um, no, I have no quick news, no news news, no fast news or short news, no new news. Well, I have a quick news question. It's not a question about mice quick news, but it's something quick that I saw that was on the news recently. Did you guys see what Disney Plus has done with a lot of their old content? No. No. Recently, they started, like, for example, and, um... No, I wasn't talking with Mike. I was talking with somebody about like some of Disney's older properties having you know um, stereotypical undertones uh, uh, with it, like Song of the South and like Dumbo, you know, with the crows. Well, and those they were putting and like, racial warning. Last year, something where what? I said they were putting on something that was like a racial warning or something like that. Yeah, but but it was very very like 
one sentence. Now they gave now they've given a lot more of an elaborate. Hey, look, you know, and I, and I'm sorry I don't have access to the paragraph, but now they added a more in-depth warning, saying, "Hey, look, you know, these were the times. You know, our apologies, but this is what it was back then. Our 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 our, our thing is to learn from it, something like that. So it's like a more in-depth. As he should be. Yeah, How do you guys feel about that? Some people are like, "Oh, it should be doing." Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, if, you, I, if you don't if you don't put something there, then that means you're ignoring it. If you ignore it, then that means it never existed. If it never existed, guess what happens when you don't learn history? You are doomed to repeat it. Yeah, it would have been worse if they just like tried to acknowledge that it didn't happen, or or that, um, or if they try to like change it and just take out like redo it and take out the parts that they yeah. feel are like racist or inappropriate. You know, well, well it's funny they, they, if they, they did that. Dumbo would learn how to fly. Like, how do you learn how to fly? Because he would, would take out the crows. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, it's just like I mean, a lot of stuff. Like, even with books for like, like Huckleberry Finn and Tom Sawyer and stuff like that, where that you know, there's ideas of censored. It's like, well, if you're telling me that everyone is this, what's the, what's what's sensitive and whatnot? Then like, I'm sorry. Then then how does rap music exist? And it, and it's on every station as you walk. I mean, no. I mean, people are not sensitive to these things. They they become sensitive when it becomes convenient. And when it's, it becomes a news topic or something like that, they'll live. <laughs> you know, a word will be said, they'll get over it, and that's why discussion happens. Oh, you've said this word. Well, that's not polite. That means this, and only bad people say that about other people, or whatever it is that you're going to try and describe it. Or, you know, people were like this back then, but we've, you know, we're getting better now, or whatever it is. That's how conversation works. Are you talking about you talking about the N word, right? Nerd. Any of it. Yeah. Well, there's yeah. that. But any of it. I mean, it just it all needs to be talked about. I think I think I found the warning. Um, this program includes negative depictions or mistreatment of people and cultures. These stereotypes were wrong then and are wrong now. Rather than remove this context, we we want to acknowledge its harmful impact, learn from it, and spark conversation to create a more inclusive future together. All right, I guess that's all our quick news. So let's take a break and let's join our special guest, artist Henry Martinez, as we talk about his new series. Cult of Dracula. Okay, everybody, welcome to the first part of the show. And for, for the first time in a while, we got a special guest. And our guest today is the artist of the new series from Second City Studios called Cult of Dracula. So here to tell us more about himself, the book, and his great souffle recipe. I'm kidding. I mean, not really. Is Henry Martinez. Everybody give it up for Henry Martinez. What's up, man? How's it going? Very good, thank you. Very nice to be with you guys. Please, please, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're, they're, they're very obedient. We love having them around. And they don't pass COVID, which yeah. makes it even better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We figure you have your cult of Dracula, we have a cult of followers. <laughs> right. <laughs> now, before we get into grilling you, into, you know, learning a little bit more about you, um, just really quick, could you tell us how you got involved with this project? Sure. Um, my childhood friend, Georges Genti, who is the, uh, well, he's known for being the penciler on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and then uh, right after that, Firefly. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah. People may have heard of those two things. You know? <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> they sound familiar. I'm familiar with Buffy. Yeah, I, I've, been, I've enjoyed his, his work on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. He's amazing, and he's a wonderful, yeah. sweet guy. And uh, crazy story, like we, I lived in Florida for about three years. And in that short period of time, 
he and I were best friends because we connected on comics. And then I moved back to New York and we've been friends ever since. We've always communicated through emails, letters, and it's like the strangest friendship because it was such a short amount of time, but we're still best friends to this day. Wow. So, nice. Um, Richard, the creator and writer on uh, Cult of Dracula, he does all these, he's a store owner, but he's also, he goes to all the conventions and stuff. And he's always, he's been friends with George's for a long time. They connected because he's a huge fan of Firefly. He's a brown coat. Like I just learned what that stuff is. <laughs> I didn't really follow. But um, he said, you know what? I'm really, he said, hey, can you do this book for me? I just want to bring this story into a graphic novel because he actually developed it into a stage play which is really successful um but uh he wanted to do it as a graphic novel comic book etc and he said can you do it george i'm really busy doing you know stuff for like x-men you know little things like that so it's i've okay. never heard of them right it's like <laughs> i can't take time off of that but uh you know so he he said i have a i have a guy that i can recommend and he sent them my way. And to me, it was just like a normal job, a little thing. Okay, I'm going to pay you X amount of dollars. And I said, oh, great. And I did that. But the thing is, the book came out. And um, Richard is kind of new to this stuff. So he's like, okay, Henry, uh, can you suggest a letter? And I said, well, no. And then he brought in a letter who's an amateur, unfortunately. And it started looking bad. And he, it started off in black and white, but then he realized we need color. So he's learning on the job. And then it started getting more complicated. And uh, I gave him as much advice as I could and the best artwork I possibly could. And then it just grew. People, there was a lot of attention and uh, there was a lot of media involved. And before you know it, he's pre-selling 10,000 copies, which wow. are numbers bigger than DC and Marvel. So there's all this attention <laughs> going on. And then all of a sudden there's this pressure. And I'm like, holy. And I did the best I could. But now looking back, I want to I wanna do it. I want to do it even better. <laughs> but, you know, comic book publishing the way it is, you just you got to do what you can within the deadline. And uh, fortunately, there's uh, a ton of attention. There's uh, a lot of media. Um, I th Richard told me that uh, he just signed the deal. This is going to be a movie. I mean, wow, there's wow. a lot of that shopping. Is it is. It's wonderful news. But the thing is, you know, I've dealt with this before. So it's the beginning of something. It could take a year. It could take two years. But it's going to be mm -hmm. a movie. I mean, this is confirmed. I mean, they're shopping it around. Um, so all it takes is, you know, the right buyer and the, the right person to, to commit to the vision. And it's a wonderful book. It's a great take on... Dracula. Everybody's tired of the old, you know, uh, what is it? The I've European come to drink gentleman. your blood. Yes, and <laughs> yeah. European gentlemen. But no, this is a, it's a totally different take. I promise you, without revealing too much. Um, right. It, it's a female, but there's a, a lot of background. There's a lot of story behind it. There's a lot of drama. Good. And I promise you, there's a lot of uh, twists and turns and I'm just, I'm not saying that just to promote it. I kind of skimmed through the, the story initially just to get excited as a fan. And then I, I got to mm -hmm. obviously read the whole thing. Then I started. Right. But then I reread it. I'm still excited. It's, it's a fantastic project.
And uh, so that's they, good. Now, I, I do have a question now. Now, you said you've sure. read it. So have you, um, they have, they finished the entire story and now you're just, you know, getting out monthly is what you're doing? Well, the, the way he... Or is it almost complete? It's, um, it, it's done in chapters, obviously. So because, you know, the way things are today, you do things, certain amount of issues. So you have your individual issues, but also... You want it written a certain way to collect it in chapters for mm. paperback and yeah, yeah. right. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. you know, I, I you know back in the old days, you just wrote and wrote and wrote. It was wonderful, but I get it. <laughs> you got to make money and you got to collect things in volumes. So right now, everything is going to be six issues long. There's three chapters, six okay. issues long, and clever. It's going to be six. Six six by the time. Nice. So so far he's written five issues. I'm about to start issue three, and we're perfectly on schedule. And uh, if everything's uh, working out, it's going to be collected into a beautiful. My plan is my plan because I'm the artist marketing guy. Um, I want to put it (laughs) if it's done and it does well. I'm going to put it in this like thick white leather. With like blood red letters and logos and oh my gosh, that sounds great already. That's the plan. But um, that's the plan. Six at a time. So so far, it's a hit. Fantastic. It's absolutely fantastic. Now, uh, for the film, I'm just asking in general. They wouldn't happen to need a lead of like a six (laughs) two black guy, uh, you know. Uh, not yet. Well, actually, you know what? <laughs> not yet. Not you know yet. Okay, I'm just just, just shopping it around. But if you need yet. another screen, but if you need another screen to put the film on, Mike's forehead will serve as just fine. <laughs> I, nope, I'll take a job as a screen as well. <laughs> you remember uh, Candyman, Tony Todd? Yes. Uh huh. Of course. So the main character is based on Tony. Remember how um initially what what was his um. The, in the uh, the Avengers films, Nick Fury. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, right. Was it Brian? Oh, you're talking about uh, Samuel Jackson. Samuel Jackson. Or, or are you talking was about the artist? Brian. Brian which? Brian, Brian Vaughn. Was it Brian K. Vaughn? Was that he the writer? The artist that uh, that turned oh, the Ultimates. Yeah, exactly. Right. The Ultimates. Yeah. Yes. Was Brian, it Brian K. Vaughn? Was that yeah, Brian yes. Mitch or Brian the artist? Oh, oh, he's my, oh yeah, based, he's my. He based Nick Fury on. Sam Jackson, Jackson. right. And because of that, we wound up with Sam Jackson. And thank you so much because he's the bad assist. Um, Oh, yeah. (laughs) Nick Fury. So I did the same thing with Tony Todd because when Rich wrote the storyline, he thought of Tony Todd because Tony Todd is actually a friend of his when he was doing the stage play. So then I actually uh, referenced Tony Todd. So Tony Todd is the main character. So you mentioned the tall black man and you can be... The Tony Todd character, if you want. Well, you know, Tony a... Todd might, uh, you know, he might be busy. He might be. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> you, can submit, you know, take a headshot and forward it to the production. <laughs> I think it's sure, sure Productions is going to shoot the film. All right. Yeah. Well, having you on here, I just want to, you know, of course, we always have questions for all of our guests. So I'm going to toss you on there. I'm, and, and getting your idea from paper to film, can you tell our listeners and your fans of any of your I quit moments that you push through and offer some advice to those that might be in the same kind of discouraging situation. Sure. <clears throat> I mean, I personally am not doing anything straight to film, but uh, I can tell okay. you getting my ideas from paper out there, uh, it involves a lot of um, just persistence, um, confidence, 
and uh, a strong skin, you know, because you have yeah. to, there's a lot of rejection involved in anything you do that's creative. So you have to start with, uh, with a lot of confidence and uh, be ready for the attacks and <laughs> always have an argument to defend yourself. Right. Um, and okay. a, 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 an I quit moment, there's, there's been a few. And this, the thing is, no matter what happens, no matter what people say to you or no matter how horrible they make you feel, get, just get the job done. There's a commitment involved. There's a certain level of professionalism. And you have to be ready for that. And don't take things personally. If every, get everything on paper. Mm -hmm. Agree to everything. And then move forward because mm -hmm. when someone starts flipping on you, you can actually say, you know what? You said this and right. you, and point and to that, that nice little piece of paper, that little contract. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. People can't see this, but I'm pointing to it. <laughs> <laughs> but, For everybody uh, listening, he's holding a legal pad. <laughs> but, uh, it's, it's important because I, I know being an artist, being a creative person, there's a lot of sensitivity. It's all about ego. And uh, right. always have confidence in your work, no matter what, no matter how badly people make you feel. Just go out there, finish the job that you promised to do, and you'll always be remembered for your professionalism. The other guy, and, and that's the other thing, you know, keep, out, uh, keep an eye out on social media. They're probably going to BS you and make you look bad, but it doesn't matter because as constantly post, constantly inform your public, your fans, so they know you know what, this person has been true from day one. Good, that makes sense. Yeah, especially in today's world with where everybody sees every little minute detail as opposed to in the past where, you know, you just produce something and then they saw it. <laughs> that yeah. was that. You know? Or they have access to, to, to kind of like looking at it literally under a microscope. That's yeah. the problem. You know, people yeah. can yeah. badmouth you like tomorrow and you gotta you gotta be ready for that stuff. Like, hey, mm -hmm. get the work done, get it done right. And then yeah, be ready no, definitely. Fight. Yeah. And it's funny, um, Mike mentioned that whole thing about how to grind through those moments where you feel like quitting. I'm going to go the opposite direction. I'm going to go through what motivated you. So um, what was the book or graphic novel or even an artist that kind of wet your whistle for the for the horror genre? You know, what made you say, OK, this book or this artist or, or, or this graphic novel that kind of turned me on? I'm in. I know, like, uh, as a kid, I just loved those. Uh old Universal Studios. Uh, oh, those characters are great. <laughs> yeah. My favorite was uh, The Creature from the Black Lagoon. Second was oh, wow. Wolfman. A Creature from the Black Lagoon. Wolfman's Lagoon. fantastic. Hey, Wolfman's mm -hmm. awesome. But, you know, Creature from the... I don't know how he got stuff done because he walks so slow. <laughs> <laughs> but, so, he was cool, man. I mean, like we're talking about like, what, what was like 1966? I wasn't even born yet. But what an amazing job. That creature was awesome. Yeah. But anyway. It really is. Was, great looking creature. And the movies. And then so I bought those uh, magazines and the newsstands with my little allowance. But it was really Bernie Wrightson. Swamp Thing number one. Oh, wow. Ah, second, okay. I saw that too on the stand. I was like, oh, my God. This is awesome. Swamp Thing. And then I opened it up. I've never seen work like that in my life. It was like it blew my mind. And it was tragic because he's human. But he's this monster. Same thing with Wolfman, mm -hmm. right? I mean, right. Like, yeah, actually, it's basically the same story. But that was the beginning. And I'm not, like, I'm not a horror guy, but I know, like, I saw that and I loved it. And, you know, as kids, you love dinosaurs and you love monsters. Mm -hmm. So that was the beginning of that love of horror. 
And then, uh, oh, yeah, I just remembered. Uh, I thought uh, then Vampirella came out and, you know. Oh, <laughs> oh my God, yes. <laughs> You're yeah. 13 years old. She's barely wearing anything. You're like, okay. You know, just... can't, see, can't see the appeal. Can't see the appeal. Well, you must be blind. No matter what age... What, what, no matter what age you are, you suddenly hit puberty. <laughs> like, you know what's horrible? She's barely got any clothes. Poor girl. She needs more clothes. That's the horror. No, anyway. So. But no, if, you, if you're talking horror, I expect to hear the name Gene Colan in there because that man yes. is one of my favorite artists. Well, that's Tomb of Dracula. I love Tomb of Dracula. After that, yeah, it was Tomb of Dracula. I, I have some mystery. DC. I didn't know it was DC then. But DC was doing some great horror. And I think, didn't Marvel do the Dracula stuff with Gene Colan? Yes. Yes. That was all the Tomb of Dracula. I, that was a fantastic series. I don't know if you've ever read it all. Like, I, I own it from oh. first through, uh, I think it's 72 issues. I own all 72 issues of it. I picked up a few and I was just like, I, this, this artwork is amazing. And like today to this day, yeah, work. now that I'm an artist, artist, I'm like, that guy is difficult to ink because... He he was full illustration, all pencil. I'm like mm -hmm. they're like three guys that can ink in great, and one was Tom Palmer, and I forget the other two, but that guy is all pencil and just beautiful illustrations. And that yeah. I never, I will never forget Jim Collins work on anything. Yeah, he he was amazing. Think, yep, and uh, that that is that is that really stands out in my mind as like classic horror illustration. But yeah, that was basically it. Ever since then, I've been a huge fan of uh, Swamp Thing. And ben, ben, uh, Bernie Wrightson's work, I bought the Frankenstein. Um, he did a beautiful Frankenstein book. And oh. uh, that, that blew my mind, too. I have that. And I bought everything of Bernie Wrightson since then. Was it DC's Frankenstein? Oh, wow. Or was it just his own? Well, it was, uh, I don't know, it was independent, actually. I think. Oh, okay. Uh, Very nice. I forget the book publish, uh, the book uh, publisher's name, but they published mm -hmm. Frankenstein, the actual book, and they hired Bernie to do about twenty-five illustrations in the book, and they're just gorgeous. Oh, very nice! Wow, David Matz's work. It's cool. Yeah. So, oh, wow. speaking about publishing, most comic books, you know, are done. It's not one person who does it. It's mostly a team of people. So, if you could put together your comic book dream team of you know um anyone who's dead or alive you you could choose you know who's the writer who's the inker who's the colorist and who's the letter writer on the on the comic book who do you want to work yeah, with and what title are you guys working on i'm i'm old school like my initial thought was like okay um claremont earn yes x-men you know but then nice yes. i really started thinking about like you know what that's typical stuff stop so i really started <laughs> thinking about it and like who's i love chris claremont on anything but what really blew my mind and changed the way i thought about comics was frank miller on daredevil okay i've never okay. looking back i'm like man that man made me rethink comics so frank miller on writing and uh, of course, I want a pencil. And then I thought about I would hope, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I thought about inkers. I'm like, I love Terry Austin, but there's something very organic about um, I almost say I forgot already. Damn it! Uh, oh, Barry Windsor Smith. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Barry Windsor Smith's work. I, I heard he's really slow, but you know, it's worth. It. 
but you know he's very organic and the line work is gorgeous so Barry Windsor Smith on inks and the colors Steve Olif I don't know if uh, he, he's fantastic but uh, my first exposure to him was on Akira he he colored he was oh. the American colorist on Akira when I, was it Dark Horse they released Akira here I in the United so. States and he's wow okay very nice yeah and uh, again you know a lot of people don't think about letterers but uh, Tom I never pronounce this right but Tom Orczeskowski I don't even <laughs> but he was the, <laughs> he's the letter on X-Men and he had this beautiful well, still has this beautiful style where he does gorgeous lettering depending on the title and then he does these balloons with lightning bolts on the X-Men or on Thor and no. uh, he's just incredible so really nice. yeah, that's the team. Am I, am I missing anybody? We got the colors. You got a letter. I'll say one thing: you're over budget. Yeah, well, you're right. <laughs> well, you, you didn't tell me there was a budget, but okay, you just said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Storyline, you know. I'm what? sorry, Ralph. I'm sorry, Ralph forgot to say the frugal dream team. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, no, I, I said go crazy. Anyone you want, money's no object. Oh yeah. That, that sounds like a rough thing to say. In storyline, you know, there's, there's like three. You know, um, there's, there's the, the Burn X Men, Claremont Burn X Men. There's always the okay. Perez Avengers stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. And the Perez Teen Titans. Because right. I, I've yeah. always been a Marvel guy. And the only time I bought anything DC consistently was Teen Titans. Because it was. Well, like, that was a great game. run. And I hate saying game changer because everybody uses it nowadays, but damn it, right. that was a game changer. Was, it was. At that point, it was. It really was. I mean, it, it rejuvenated them completely. They probably didn't exist any it. longer, you know. No. Yeah. no. That, that was the only DC uh, storyline I ever bought. So I'm going to say X-Men. Uh, and I, people say burn Claremont, but we got to go back to Dave Cockrum. It started then. So I'm going to go yeah. Dave Cockrum, Chris Claremont, X-Men. To the point. wow, there uh, you go, Paul Smith era. That'd be a great. Good, yeah. good right. pull, good pull. All right, there was right. so much. Well, you, drama, you know, yeah, it really was. It really was a really good storyline. Well, now you've plugged some other people. I'm going to give you a chance to do your own shameless plug. Outside of a Cold of Dracula series, is there a character that you created or co-created that you feel should get the big screen or little screen treatment? Sure, if I can plug. <laughs> like, yeah. I got, yeah. plug away. I got like. I have a lot of interest in different things, and un- unfortunately, I just don't have the time to put them out there. But um, mm-hmm. I love everything. I love cyberpunk, fantasy, like you know D and D, Conan type of stuff. I'm, I'm a D&D. big superhero guy. Oh, D&D. And Man, uh, I I've always been a superhero guy, and you know now horror. I just I don't know how I wound up on horror. Like I just lucked out that I wound up doing Ghost Rider and Blaze, and not I'm doing horror now. So great, but okay. um. The, the stuff I've never co-created, but uh, I have a superhero storyline that I am dying to get out there, but I don't want to put too many. Well, you can't give it away. There. You don't want to tip your hand. Absolutely. Yeah. I can okay. say blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden, you know, you can warp it and twist it. But um, <laughs> no, of course not. It's, um, so you have a superhero idea that yeah, you definitely want to get out. There, right. Yeah, I, do, okay. and I actually did like six pages, but, you know, you got to pay the bills. So I'm, you know, doing other stuff. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. But now, is this also though something that you'd want to see for the big screen or the or TV? I, I think it's more like a series because it's a, okay. like a comic book, and everything's streaming video now. So I, I'd rather see right. it that way. 
but it's like a right, okay. everyman kind of story. It's like a superhero, like a guy who kind of steps up. There's like stuff going on. He's like, you know what? I got to step out, uh, step it up because there are no heroes anymore. The world's kind of right. effed up. And uh, I'm going to go out there and do my best. And he's not the only one. Like a lot of people step up and try to take care nice. of him. Now, yeah. you say it's going for, uh, this can be for the small screen? Okay. Yeah, small screen. And it's something like yeah. it's an everyman kind of story. Like everyone can relate to it, hopefully. And I also right. have um, a kind of biographical story of my parents who are Cuban, uh, Cuban immigrants about their okay. story coming over and the struggles they went through. And I started it off cartoony. I always wanted it to be cartoony, like a Dean Haspiel and like very like relatable cartoony stuff mm -hmm. that tells a story that people okay. hopefully will like. So there's a lot of stuff and unfortunately I just don't have the time to put it up. <laughs> well, that's cool. Always need the time. Yeah. Well, I know you have a lot of passions and one of the passions you have is video games. And you enjoy playing video games. But one of the most important parts about creating a video game is the cover art. Because that's what most people are drawn to. What was your favorite cover art of the games you used to play? And what cover art would you redo if you had the option? Okay, so today's art is beautiful, right? They're like movie posters. They're yeah. gorgeously rendered. But do you guys remember the Atari, what is it, 800 or what? 2600? Yeah, of course. 2600, yeah. Okay. So back in the day, the games, they were horrible looking, <laughs> but they were fun. <laughs> we got our arcade games on the TV. They were fun. But somehow Atari, they were masters. They were like the, the biggest thing back then in the 80s. And they had these beautiful illustrations that were kind of watercolor mm -hmm. like soft mm -hmm. and beautiful and they sold i mean the games were if you wanted to play asteroids you're gonna buy asteroids but they right. had gorgeous covers that really pushed them and even yeah. bad games i bought them because of the yes covers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so yeah, well, the, co the covers were almost a little pulp uh, pulpy like like that pulp yeah. um like uh like the pulp novel kind of look to them there's and they, there's they, a they book on that has collected all the different Atari cover arts together. Really? Yeah. You could get oh, it on shit. Amazon. Oh, nice. Look it up. It's like, I think it's the art of Atari. Yeah. Very nice. It, oh, they have one out. for Nintendo also, right? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, because I, I know for me, um, the way you're talking about, the way Henry's talking about the um, Atari covers, I felt yeah. that way for Nintendo and especially the Konami covers. Because Konami, their covers were like, you were like, oh, I want to play this game. You know, you saw a game like Blades of Steel and you, the hockey players that look like they're beating each other's ass. You're like, I want to beat somebody's ass. It looks great. <laughs> well, the only difference was Konami had a little bit better graphic quality than, oh, you yeah, do have it. You son, Ralph has it. You son of a bitch. <laughs> look at you. Look at him showing off. Very nice. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. But, but the, the, the thing about the Atari that just got me with the covers, they, they look so great. But like you said, the games may not have been that great looking or playing that great because it was just like this great cover and what I swear was like a one-bit game. <laughs> a one-bit game. <laughs> oh, come on. Did you ever? Did any of you ever play E.T.? Oh. You mean the game that's like a so melted, bad? He looked like a melted candle. <laughs> this, if you get a chance, you should actually, there's, I don't want to plug another podcast, but oh, um, here we go. Then don't. 
<laughs> Imaginary Worlds does a cover, uh, does a story on e the creation of ET and how it's it was the worst game ever created, and it's just a fascinating yeah. story. Wait a yeah. minute, you don't even. That's a podcast just on that one storyline. Well, well, the, the the podcast is called Imaginary Worlds, and it talks about a whole bunch of different. That, other that was stuff. one of the themes. Gotcha. One of the episodes was about the worst game ever created, and it was ET. Because I love this stuff. I've watched every documentary on Netflix about video games, and there was one episode <laughs> where they covered the entire storyline you just talked about. Yeah. And the guy admits that it, is great. I had 24 hours to put together a game. Yeah, it was. I told Steven Spielberg <laughs> I can do it, and he did it. Yep. But it was the worst game ever. But, oh my but god! What did he do with the other? But what did he do with the other 23 and a half hours? You, you know, <laughs> <laughs> what, it, what it was is that they didn't. Um, he didn't even have like the whole storyline of what the movie was about. So he just That's made crazy. stuff up. He's like, oh, here's Go the premise. Go to the movies! <laughs> here's the premise. No, because it was supposed to come out at the same time as the movie. But they were they filming were the movie. They were trying to rush this thing before Christmas. Yeah. That was the problem for this poor guy. Yeah. <laughs> he said, I can do it. And then supposedly he's, he destroyed the entire video game industry with that one game. <laughs> yeah, it was horrible. Oh my but, God, it's horrible. But for the irony, now if if you have a copy of ET, that thing goes for like you know a lot of money, a lot of oh, money. Great. I remember that's playing because like, everyone burned theirs. That's why. Right. Well, there you was falling that's... down this hole and then you couldn't get out. Yeah, and fell and yeah this pit. That's all I remember about that game is that you couldn't get out of this pit. <laughs> they, they threw all the copies in the landfill and then some guy found them later on and yep. made a lot of money. I love wow. that. Nice. <laughs> yeah, there was there were a lot of great video games back then, but um, you know everything kind of died out. Anyway, so um, I, I, nowadays I download all the retro stuff on my iPad. Like I'm still playing. Atari Classics. I, I play whatever I can that I can get my hands on with the retro stuff. Defenders. I've got to talk to you nice. about that because I don't. I didn't realize you can play the Atari stuff on your iPad. Yeah. We'll talk. Yeah. <laughs> but you, you can't. You can't update the software, unfortunately, because they delete that stuff now. So I'm like, uh, I don't. Do I want to delete it and lose these great games, or keep it? I don't know. That's why you buy two iPads, you know. <laughs> Well, wow. play one for work. <laughs> Comic book artists are broke. That's why. <laughs> yeah, his, his his ideas haven't gotten to the big and small screen yet. <laughs> very but, um, true. Very true. The the one I looked over the covers today. I was just I'm like, you know what? What would I want to redo? Then I looked at the uh, missile command cover. Which oh. is like yes. a guy. He's like reaching out on the council, and he's wearing like a Buck Rogers. Um, Tweaky helmet. Remember that little robot that goes beep, 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 beep. Tweaky, yes. Yeah, so the guy that's running the council on Missile Command is wearing the Tweaky helmet. I'm like, you know what? I'd probably redo that. So that's the one cover I thought of. I would re-illustrate if I could. Well, well, well the nice. fact that you, you made a Buck Rogers um, reference, I'm like, we, we're going to have to give a dictionary <laughs> for our lessons later on. Because I was Buck Rogers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you do a whole podcast or some Buck Rogers. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> um, so one more shameless plug, because Mike said a shameless plug. I think we're going to kind of bring this to a wrap with another shameless plug. Because one thing you said is you didn't want to give too much away about um, Cult of Dracula. You know, you want people to kind of get into the story. Um, for people who are on the fence, who heard us today and were like, yeah, I still don't know if I'm going to try this book. What are five words you would use to persuade people to pick it up? 
Okay, that's tough. Alright, five words. Top of my head. Okay, story. Okay. Art. Alright. Blood. <laughs> Love. And violence. Ooh. Ooh, I'm already hooked. <laughs> so a lot of teen nation right now. <laughs> you have me at story. I'm very strict. A lot of people go when you know you say they say, "All right, uh, what's your favorite movie?" And then they go, "This one." And then they give you two other examples, and that drives me crazy. Like, pick one, damn it! You know, just, <laughs> the question is one, not two, not three. So then I was like thinking, "All right, those five words." I want to say a lot more, obviously, but right, right. Five words. And, and where can they pick them up, by the way? Where can they pick up um, Cult of Dragon? One of the easiest um, well, ways to pick them up. Hopefully, the, the main, you know, speaking of Richard, we want to support the local comic book shop. So please reach out to your local comic book shop and say, look, mm -hmm. I want my copy of uh, Blood of Dracula. I mean, Cult of Dracula. Sorry. Jeez, <laughs> I should get that right. But uh, don't push the sequel yet. <laughs> I, I, think that's, I think that's a Christopher Lee movie. I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> Ever since then, I've been like buying all the old DVDs because I I forgot all that stuff. There's a lot of really bad but good horror movies. Yes, I was about to say they're bad but good. Yeah. Yes, Christopher Lee's a great Dracula, but something you're like, oh man, okay, you know. Mm, yeah. I think but that, the but best, yeah. Oh no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm saying the, the best Dracula I've enjoyed so far is um, the Fran Francis Ford Coppola film. Man, that that blows my Wait, mind. Who was the Dracula in that one? Oh, um, I can't remember the actor's name. Gary oh. Oldman, right? Gary Oldman, yes, right. Gary, right. Gary Oldman. Okay, so the one, oh, the one from the early nineties. Yeah, right. The, the yeah. when when Renona Ryder was Rumor. in it, Keanu yeah. Right. yeah. And I love. Yeah. I, I remember watching Frank Langella when I was a kid. But damn, that. So I was about to say the one with Frank Langella is really good. It's fantastic, but then that haircut always threw me off with the sideburns yeah. and the crazy, you know, the seventies look. <laughs> I just saw it recently, like. That that dude is good because he's like yeah he's really like he gets you damn it yeah it's, it's it, yeah he's definitely he's definitely one of the uh, more celebrated Draculas definitely and villains period just I'm gonna be starting yeah. on Skeletor Mr oh, yeah. Martinez you know I love that movie because of him like, <laughs> yes absolutely <laughs> it's not yeah. a great movie but Langella made the whole thing for me like damn he's good <laughs> but uh, yeah this book is uh, it really gets you I'm like. I'm, I know I'm supposed to sell, but it's not just about selling. I read the script, and it pulls you in. Like, Richard has created a whole background. He's got a rich history. Like, I wa one of the characters, I'm, I'm not giving something away, but it looks like one of the characters dies or disappears at the end of one issue. I'm like, dude, what happened? What happened? Don't worry. She comes back. There's a lot of flashbacks. Oh, thank God. <laughs> 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 And there's a, a lot of stuff that will hook you and keep you going, hopefully. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, All right. Henry, I, I'm Mr. Martinez. I'm so glad that, that Henry, you came. Henry, no Martinez. Oh. <laughs> All right, Henry. I'm well, we're so glad to have you Your on friend. the show. Well, we, we always love, you know, hearing from people in the industry, especially people that are that are creating not from the two big houses. So we love hearing that. Quick question, because I mean, we know that you're a starving artist. Um, real quick. Do you have a Patreon? Is that is that what you got going on, or do I have a who? A Patreon. Oh yeah, I just started a Patreon today because I started looking into it. Like, you know what? I should get into this, and I, you know, it was uh, it took a while to set up, but now I'm really comfortable. Thank goodness. But, so where um, can they find you? Where, where can they find you on Patreon? I, I'm always uh, 
I have a company and everything's based on this name. So it's Dragon Brush Studio. So it would be Patreon. Just type in Dragon Brush Studio. And my name should come okay. up on Facebook and Patreon. And, uh, you know, please support the arts. You know, that's that's what it's all about. The independence need to be supported. As long as there's something coming in, we can create art for you that hopefully you guys can enjoy. All right. Definitely. And also Henry. just let you know that when you when you look up Henry Martinez in Google, he's not the American mixed martial artist. Thank you. No. <laughs> just, just wanted to bring that up. He's also not my neighbor in 2B here in the Bronx. <laughs> Henry, a pleasure to have you. Thank, Thank you for coming guys. on the show, man. You've been wonderful. Thank you, Henry. Appreciate it. Opportunity. All right. Take Absolutely, care, man. We'll be back with more Meanwhile 22 in just a second. All right, we're back. And now let's go to our second half of our show, of our double feature. We're going to talk about the um, the disturbing, and, and but yet entertaining, Amazon Prime show, Utopia. Not to be mistaken with the other Utopias, because I almost got that. That almost happened to me. And with a synopsis, for some clarity, it's MFG, Mike the Finance Guy. Clear this up for them, Mike. Uh... The cap is an idiot. How's that for clarity? Wow. <laughs> I second that. You say, you say, you say one big oh, there you go. You say one big forehead joke and everybody's a fucking critic. Go ahead. <laughs> All righty. Utopia is a black comedy conspiracy thriller drama television series streaming on the Amazon Prime video service. The series is an American adaptation of the 2013 British series of the same name created by Dennis Kelly. The American version of the show was created by Gillian Flynn and released on September 25th of this year. Coincidentally, on August 6th of 2020, Flynn announced that her series would have less violence than the British original. So how damn <laughs> violent was that version? Are you serious? <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh Utopia, has a, Utopia has a Rotten Tomatoes rating of 51% with no what? audience rating. Yeah, it makes no sense to me at all. And a Metacritic score of 56 out of 100 with an audience of 66 out of 100, but there are theories as to why that's happening. None of them are conspiracy theories, oddly enough. I was going to um, ask you about that later. So, yeah, yeah I figured synopsis. Most definitely. We'll talk about that a bit. Yeah. Yes. Little synopsis. It's time to get your aluminum foil hats back from the lizard people. Wake up Elvis Presley and drive to the ends of the flat earth. But please try not to fall off the edge. Let's ratchet up conspiracy theories to 11 as a group of comic nerds attempt to buy the only pages of a book called Utopia. The story and hidden messages of the graphic novel foretell the end of civilization as we know it. But the story's sweet and enduring protagonist, Jessica Hyde, fights to save the world. Now, in reality, an ultra-homicidal group of believers kills anyone with knowledge of the book. And the real Jessica Hyde is a foul-mouthed alien who meets their crazy and ups the ante. The actuality of 2020 can sometimes make the show feel a little too on the nose. But if you aren't busy writing a dissertation on the fake moon landing, then you're probably able to tell fantasy from fiction. All right, the starring John Cusack as Kevin Christie, Ashley Lathrop as Becky Todd, Dan Bird as Ian Ackerman, Desmond Borges as Wilson Wilson, Sasha Lane as Jessica Hyde, Jessica Roth as Samantha, Christopher Denham as Arby, Javon Walton as Grant Bishop, Farrah McKenzie as Alice, Corey Michael Smith as Thomas Christie, Janine Serralis as Colleen Stearns, Rain Wilson as Michael Stearns, Sanja Sohn as Catherine Miller. All right, so let's get into this. Utopia, wait, 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 but before we get into Utopia, 
Let's press that spoiler button that we paid so much money for. Warning, the following segment contains information that may ruin your enjoyment of the media in review. So if you believe this might upset you, piss off, you wanker. You know what upset me is to have some of the visuals of the goddamn show. But <laughs> that spoiler warning was brought to you by Steve Francis of Stush Productions. Is that Stush in your eye? I've heard the Stush Production is killing off all the bees in the world. <laughs> I'll say this. I'll say one thing. Going go to dinner with Steve, shout out to Steve, <laughs> saying, you know, I still never heard my intro. I'm like, really? <laughs> Well, I, I got one for you. First, we'll, first we'll start with the salt. Then I'll go with the bleach. Oh, stop! Let's, we're not there yet. Then we're I'll end with the stush. Anyway, I like that though. <laughs> I like. All right, so let's get into it. Utopia. Um, I think before I even open up my mouth about anything about this show, I'm just gonna say, Mike, when we suggested, well, when Mike suggested this show that we should review, it came with a very, very um, stern warning about how um, creepy it is or how, like, disturbing. I think that's the better word for it. Disturbing. Mike was like, it's disturbing as fuck. <laughs> yeah, it can, be, it can be. I mean, like, it didn't bother me, but I, for other people, I'm like, no, this is going to bother you. <laughs> well, I, I think you could really use this show as, like, a sociopath test. They say, watch wow. this. C- can you keep watching? Do you need a break? No? Obviously, you don't need a break? obviously, we, okay. You're a we sociopath. Could, <laughs> we could stack, we could stack up all the different levels of disturbing, um, um, disturbing images or disturbing ideas. I mean, I'm but obviously we have to review this show first. So, um, <clears throat> um, like Mike said in synopsis, we talk about the fact that there's this comic book, and they introduce, you know, the people found the comic book, and they introduce the original. I don't say the original four characters, but the characters that we get to know that are going to this, like, comic book convention. And I guess, the, the, let me see, that's um, Wilson, Becky, Samantha, and Ian. Out of those four... And Grant. Well, and Grant, but Grant was there for, like, two seconds. No, and Grant then, was know, supposed to be there, and he is the fifth member of the, uh, the, I, yeah, of, but, of the conspiracy group. So, okay, out of those five, excuse me, out of those five, it's funny when Mike sticks up for somebody under the age of 18. Hilarious. Because <laughs> he wants them all dead usually. So like, And Grant, I'm like, who the fuck is this guy that I'm doing a podcast with? <laughs> so out of those five, were there any characters at that point for the first and second episode? Because it turns a little bit after episode two. Was there anybody or one character that stuck out to you? Or do you think they were evenly, um, evenly introduced and equally as interested? Interesting. Uh, well, I really thought Wilson was uh, like a really standout character, just because mm-hmm. he's he's like that, you know, just like textbook definition of like the conspiracy nut that like doesn't trust the government, you know, mm-hmm. um, doesn't trust you, you know, every, everything is is questioned first and investigate and and still won't believe you even with the truth right in front of you, and the the, the thing that I found most hilarious is that he would um people when he tells them his name he goes wilson wilson and people think that he's just being a conspiracy nut because he doesn't want to tell people his last name but he's actually telling them the truth (laughs) yeah yeah, blame my dad on that one um i actually i I liked all the characters um wilson wilson is it's his conspiracy craziness that makes him fun and also helps to bring some uh uh humor 
to this uh, otherwise uh, black comedy. Um, uh, but I, no, I, I enjoyed all the characters really. Like I said, they're, they're all different. And even by the end of the first episode, I, I got a feeling of who the characters were um, and that they had room to grow. Uh, not which is know, important. Yeah, which is always important. Um, no, I, I really I enjoyed the characters. I enjoyed the 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 way they were introduced. Um, you know, because Grant got the least amount of play because he was the one that was still trying to meet up with him, and it was also a big mystery of of who Grant was until you found out he's this little. What is he supposed to be like eight or nine or something like that? Or he's probably he's like, like he's got to be, no, he's got to be older than that. Maybe like ten to twelve. He's ten maybe. to twelve. Yeah. yeah, he's not a teen, but he's like yeah. just old enough to like you know, be you know. smart ass. Um, but no, I, I I enjoyed the characters. I also enjoyed the. Uh, I won't say it was a twist per se, but just the fact that, uh, you know, you kind of think that the people that found Utopia are going to at least be kind of a main part of the yeah. story. And it's like, nope. <laughs> it's, I was going to say by episode, episode one and episode two was very much like, okay, you're following this, you know, story, like by the letter, some people are going to last and out of nowhere, they get either off or something happens. You're like, Holy shit, I didn't expect that to happen. Yeah, I, Quickly, too. I know there has to be something before this reference that I'm going to make that happened before mm -hmm. it. But I, I, for, to the life of me, I can't remember anything that did it before. But they're following the Game of Thrones formula of, you know, no one's safe, everyone can die, you know? That's Game of Thrones, and that's even um, Walking Dead until season three or four. Yeah, who the, when you knew that Rick was going to stay around. I said... Uh, anything good, you know, Walking Dead doesn't really count. I'm uh, not sure. Uh, uh, okay, whatever. Whatever, Ralph. But it's the same formula that's your, made. Your own thin ass over there. <laughs> Listen, Rick. But Ralph, you're absolutely right. Come say that in my face, Rick. <laughs> but Ralph, I think, is absolutely right. The idea that, you know, um, anybody could get it and anybody could be done, so don't get invested or get too invested but be ready for them to be gone yeah well I, I mean i like that in a show and i and i hope um it continues that way i mean not again i may enjoy the characters but i i've i've never watched a show where i've said if that character goes away i'll stop watching the show but i have watched shows where i go if they get rid of this character and replace it with something horrible i will stop watching the show and they've done that with you know um, with lead characters on some of the shows and you're like well why didn't you just cancel the show <laughs> instead of trying to make another season out of it like like a perfect example was um uh season four of uh um sleepy hollow yeah they they, they killed off abby in season three mm -hmm. at the end of season three and then you got replacement with this woman that you didn't give a damn about and and then the whole dynamic of the show changed you're like you should have just ended the show well, <laughs> well then well x-files i mean we can go on and on about the x-files did the same thing when they got rid of Mulder. Yeah, well, they still came back though. But yes, it still it was a hurt to the show. I felt in many ways. There's, there's even though yeah. there were some good episodes. There's, 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 there's a simple explanation. Money, 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 money. <laughs> oh yeah, but then, but generally, it doesn't work in their favor. You know, <laughs> like that's the part that I, that I never understand. It's not like this is an unlearned lesson. Again, if you're talking about like if you have a ca an ensemble cast and you treat them mostly the same, then yes, you can get rid of people easily because. You have the other people that are going to pick up the show because they already have been picking up the show. So right. you know, it'll be interesting to see, like, if they do continue with the who can live, who dies, anyone can go, or also just the idea of people um, that are involved could get really hurt, like yeah. Wilson Wilson. Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, they're you know, and they've suffered so many losses. It's just amazing. 
Speaking of suffering losses, um, as we're um, talking about the introduction to all the characters that are in this show, they also introduce us to two, um, or at least one of our main villains, um, Army. And um, and I guess he was with his partner, Tallman, right? Right. Tallman. Mm-hmm. Um, how did we feel about those two? I mean, it's funny because they come off not looking very imposing. I remember watching it in the beginning and thought there was just going to be some, you know, you know, easy, not easy going, but kind of quirky kind of guys. And then you realize they're fucking killers. Yeah. Well, I mean, when, when you first meet them, I mean, because again, you don't, when, by the time you first meet them, nothing horrible has happened in the show. So, you you know, you're just thinking, okay, it's some kind of comic book nerdy type show. Um, it's obviously dealing with comic books themselves as far as, you know, at least it's a graphic novel that they're trying to locate the pages of. Um, it's kind of funny, it's quirky. The people are kind of quirky. Okay, cool. And you got these weird guys that you know are possibly killers or at least they're enforcers of something and they seem odd themselves so you're like oh this is going to be one of those like they're going to be inept you know they'll probably try and intimidate someone and it's not going to work or whatever it's just going to be humorous and then people just start dying horribly (laughs) and many (laughs) and in multitude you're just like oh this is not that show (laughs) and 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 bravo for it not being that show you know it, it really took me by surprise i was really happy with that I really thought they were going to be like the Home Alone villains. Like I yeah. thought they were going to be those kind of um, <laughs> yeah. villains. And then when Arby starts, you know, murking people, you're like, oh, wow, he's and he's really good at it. Who are you, so-and-so? Pap, pap, pap. And so I was going down the list. I was I was just so thrown. And yeah. I mean, just just the when they're getting uh, the, the people who found the comic just to – um, put their arms out. He's like, "Oh, that was miserable." Oh, that's like that. Oh. That that slow convincing evil. That's like, no, no, no. I'm not evil. I'm not gonna hurt you. You'll be fine. It'll be okay. You can trust me. Well, it wasn't quite <laughs> that type of thing. Cause he was like, it was either you put your arm out or he's gonna shoot you in the head. <laughs> no, I remember. Yeah, yeah. I heard it the, the, the only other thing, way. The only, his big lie. His big lie was. No, no, it's it's fine. You're just gonna go to sleep. It's like, well, I guess you meant permanently. Yeah. <laughs> you know. You're just gonna but take a little like, nap and never wake up. It'll be okay. With episodes one and two, I mean, sticking with Arby and, and, and Tallman for a second, the things that they were doing really, I think that disturbed me. You know, mm-hmm. that disturbed me a lot. Between the injections, was I have to think about injections, but. The injections, the shootings, you know, just being like, because it also caught you off guard, you know, when they just, you know, shot people. So even though you knew they're going to shoot somebody, I was like, oh, shit. And then what they, and then what, what, um, what RB and Tallman did to Wilson Wilson and his family, you're like, holy, it's just so, that's where, that's what I'm saying. There's just like stacks and stacks. Well, well, because because of what they do in the show, um, I mean, which is not, this is nothing new to to the show, which is also not taking away from them using the idea is it's. That whole feeling of, at least you know, as he as they're killing off members of Wilson's family and boarders or whatever these other people were that were also in the house, um, you're 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 coming to the point of like, okay, the team's going to come back. Okay, mm-hmm. the team's going to come back. Okay, now it's down to just his dad is the only one in the house left. Someone's going to come in at the last second and just stop them from at least killing the dad. No, and you know, and it's this whole you're waiting for someone to save them and also to save you the watcher the viewer mm-hmm. and no one does and that that makes you very uncomfortable yeah. because it's like holy shit this isn't this isn't the um 
at least for right now, the bad guys aren't losing. <laughs> the bad guys are very right. much winning, and that's very uncomfortable, at least in our society, because of the type of stories we tell. Yeah. You know? I, yeah. Oh, so go ahead, Ralph, because I was going to add something. Go ahead. I had, like, with that whole situation, I did think it was kind of interesting that uh, RB, with respect to um, Wilson's dad, like, said, you know, there's, uh, there's no point of him uh, dying unhappy, you know, just because right. it's like, yes, we we found your work, uh, we found you, or whatever it was. And yeah, he, he died basically thinking that one of the conspiracies that he had was true. Yeah. You know. Right. I, that that was uh, a little interesting, and I, I, was, I was like, huh, so I guess this guy kind of has a heart? He's, he's a killer with a heart? And then second thing, like... Well, he probably has a heart, but it probably wasn't his. Yeah. <laughs> he keeps it in a jar. He's also a killer with three eyes, technically. Yeah, that's true. The, uh, and then, like, I don't know about you, but if, if someone from the gas company, quote-unquote, says, uh, there's been a gas leak, here, breathe in this fresh oxygen, yeah, and you're not wearing anything, I'll be like, you first. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> here's here's the thing that, that uh, Mike, just going back to what Mike said about what made it disturbing? I'm so glad you were able to articulate that, Mike. You said about the idea that um, we're watching things happen and nobody comes in to save the day, and we're watching these people die, and you're and it's just kind of like, oh, nobody's gonna come and you know help the good guys win. The thing that that made me feel like that the most was when his um, I don't know if it was his little sister or the, the younger the younger young lady on the porch. Yeah, mm-hmm. when, she, when, when she when yeah. she got it, sister, I was yeah. like. That was, I mean, the old guy, not saying that I don't care about old people dying, but I'm like, okay, they killed the adults, whatever. When they killed the kid and they showed it, I was yeah. like, that. that's where I was like, oh, this is creepier than I thought. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's, uh, that, for Americans, that's very much um, something that, that represents the killers are serious. Because um, we just have a habit of not killing kids uh, in, in, like, especially younger kids in movies, especially stuff that's more... Um, more broadly shown, like maybe some independent film is going to do it, but not something that's Hollywood made or by big companies. We're just, it does happen, but it's still not our norm. So that's it's right. always like if, if, if a killer kills a kid, that means the killer is damn well serious. You know? Okay. All right. Um, let's, let's shift for a little bit because we, I mean, we stayed on, on, on those characters. How do we feel about, um, um, <clears throat> excuse me, Jessica? Because it's funny because, um, they, they introduce who she is in the comic book and how, you know, um, what she represents, or, or at least what they think she represents. And then you get to meet her in the flesh. That this comic book is actually real, and this is an actual real character. Right. First two episodes, how did you guys feel about her? And obviously, it changes as we move along. Well, the, thir- the opening, I'm pretty sure it's the opening of the third episode. I love the opening, because <laughs> you just get the faces of, because still, still they haven't found Grant, or Grant hasn't found them yet. <laughs> so you get the three faces looking in shock and sort of horror, but you don't know what they're looking at. And then you see Jessica looking at them with this defiant look of like, fuck you, what's the problem? And you hear this water trickling. Yeah. And then when they pull back to see that she's holding a gun, they're all standing in the doorway of the bathroom, and she's standing with her leg up over the toilet, oh, yeah. into the toilet, and keeping them at gunpoint, I watched that scene three times and laughed harder each time. It was so, so well done, and it summed up her character so well. You, you know, you know what's the funniest part about that? That she had better aim than most guys. Oh yeah, she did. Right. <laughs> that that 
that opening scene just cracked me up, but it also said so much about her. And that, yeah. and that I thought it was brilliant because it was such an off the wall thing that somehow summed up a character so well. Um, but I do, I mean, I, I dislike her in many ways because I do feel she's just so hard. But at the same time, you also realize that she's been through shit that none of us have ever and would ever want to go right. through. Um, right. But you're also, you're not meant to like her. I mean, you're meant to right. most maybe admire her persistence, maybe? That's what we're supposed to feel, I think, as the, as the viewing audience. Um, but at no point do you ever like her, maybe towards the end when she starts to show a little bit of... Um, sisterhood with Becky, maybe, because you start to see that she, she's starting to become a little bit more human. Uh, right. But no, but I mean, as, but as far as, as the character and as the actress playing the character, I thought Sasha Lane did a great job. And I thought the character was well written. You know. and, 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 and that's an excellent point about um, she's not meant to be liked. I mean, whether it's formulaic or not, you have the other characters in the group to like. Right. She's totally, you know, she's totally represents you know, what, what's been going on behind the scenes with this whole, you know, utopia, dystopia kind of thing going on. And she's been through, like you said, a hard life. And, but it's funny also because as viewers, you, or at least for me as a viewer, I try to find something redeeming about her. And every time I'm like, no, she's not remorseful. Nah, she gives no fucks. You know, like she'll 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 cut somebody if she got it. Well, 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 obviously well, she'll shoot somebody. Right. Well, I mean, well, we saw. I mean, come on. We started with four adults and one kid, and we're left. Down, we went down to to. I'm sorry. Yeah. Wait. Four adults. Is that right? Four adults. Four, four adults and one kid. Yeah. And, and we, we yeah we three. ended up down to three adults because she just killed that girl for no good reason. Do we? Yeah. yeah I was gonna say did, did, did because I know that. We, um, well, there was a reason when you watch the series. Well, I mean, you watch, I was, said, but notice I said not a good reason. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I was about to ask, was there another good reason besides what she had said her reason no. was about they can't be two leaders? Oh, it's not like, a good... I mean, the girl could have just been like, all right, I'll listen. Like, Maybe I say wrong? Like, uh, like Jackie Chan said in The Forbidden Kingdom, uh, two lions can't rule one mountain. Two masters can't have the same student. So, that explains it all. Yeah, yeah, but, but one person could just go like, yeah, I acquiesce, that's fine. And then, so, then you only have one master with one student. But will they, though? Um, if, let's put it this way. I'll shoot you in the head if you try and take over. Yep, go ahead. You're, you're in charge. Yeah, but then the leader will just have that like thought on the back of their mind. Like, when, right, when are they going to try to strike and take over? Because if, yeah, but if again, you try once, a... doesn't mean you're not going to stop. But again, she didn't try to take over. She tried to apply human kindness into a situation of course, she, but that's she wasn't like Jessica she wasn't saw. like everybody listen to me and let's all do no she was just like hey don't do anything crazy kind of a thing you know that's what i'm saying like she didn't have a good reason um but she had a reason that works on paper but it's not a good reason listen samantha was right. clearly an alpha and jessica it was another alpha so you can't have two alphas in the pack show one <laughs> I, I i was trying to find something clever to say right there but it just like chuckled like, I'm like well just one's dead now like you know <laughs> One's alpha and alpha with a gun. I mean, I guess the one with the gun wins. Because holy shit, I, I did not see that coming. But the, like, the only good oh. news is that um, she's from Happy Death Day, so she's probably back again in at least another movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Well, there's a second um, one, too. You know that, right? Right. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and, and Jessica evolves, like, like Mike said, Jessica evolves throughout the show. You know, she does change a little bit you know, based on hanging out with these characters and going through all the things that they're going through. 
Um, what's interesting is that when I watched the, when I watched the series, there's two things. Number one, I wanted to like Jessica, and number two, I wanted John Cusack's guy to be likable. When did you, when did you know that there was something really wrong with him? The moment he showed up. Yeah. Really? <laughs> Literally, yeah. As the moment he showed up with that smile, I'm like, oh, he's he's the villain. Or at least he's the villain as far as we're going to need to know anyway, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for me, it was dinner. What about you, Ralph? Um, for me, it was the uh, the interview. As soon okay. as as soon as they have him, like the first scene, that's that's the interview, right? They, they I show him. Yeah. Well, he's at the lab, right? Uh, yeah. When they're talking about um the meat, right? And I was like, yeah. There's there's a way that he's playing this character. You could tell that this guy has some uh, sinister intentions. Mm-hmm. You know what's funny? I was giving that the benefit, not the benefit of that, but I was like, okay, well, that doesn't necessarily mean that he's evil or whatever. The dinner table is with his family. Right. All together. And they're talking about, what have you done? Well, what's the saying? To um, earn your place in this crowded world. Right. Um, when he said that, and I was like, that, well, that's kind of fucking, you know, like a little <laughs> weird. So it just felt dark there. I was like, okay, he's, he's something to be reckoned that, with. There's something going on. Um, when he said that for the first time, I already knew what his ultimate goal was. Just yeah, by him, okay. just by him saying that sentence, I already knew. I was like, "Oh, yeah. I I know what he's working towards." I got oh, it. cool, very cool. Um, yeah. With uh, I was about to say with the with the John Cusack character Kevin Christie, um, like I said, I mean, I I did enjoy. I enjoyed how, even though he was evil, he you didn't start to see his evil grew as the stories yeah. grew. And also with mm-hmm. him, I also like the fact that uh, just with the show, the storytelling of the show is that he wasn't in episode one or two. You know, like it's... You That's know, right. They, I'm yeah. sorry, you're right. Yeah, like they, they, they threw in characters that are even important characters as time went on. It wasn't like they, they were like, oh, we've got to put everything in. Otherwise, people will ask questions. Like, no, it's like, you know, this is how you're, 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 you're organically adding people. Just like Alice. I mean, who would have thought that Alice would have ended up being a character for like the last three or four episodes? Um, yeah. You know? Uh, you know, you figure that she's going to be a one and done or probably get murdered off really soon. But like, lo and behold, she seems to be part of the cast now. <laughs> you I know? thought Ian um, was going to like bite the big one. Yeah, it seems. I mean, and he still might at some point, um, you know, like it's it's just a curiosity to see how all this goes. <laughs> Alice, though, I'm like, you know, I don't want to shame anybody, but I'm like, she looks every bit of 35. I don't know what is up with that girl. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Tell me she does not look like she is able to go drinking legally in a bar. <laughs> but yes, she's somehow only like three foot two, you know. Um, but I think she is still, I, but I actually do think she's a teenager. I, I don't think that's, you know, I think she just, that's her face. Yeah, did, like, did, did they like add some extra makeup or prosthetics to her face? Because she looks a little bit weird, right? Or was it that just well, she, she looks older. I mean, she just looks way older than the character she's playing, but, like, I mean, like, greatly older. She looks like... <laughs> like, Gar- like, 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 like Gary Coleman? Kind of, I guess. But, I mean, but she's only 15. That's the thing. She's only 15 years old, and, and if you see p- pictures of her, that's what she looks like. She, wow. she, she almost looks yeah. like um, this chick from uh, from Doom Patrol. This chick. Oh, um, no, she doesn't look like that. <laughs> no, but like... doesn't have an eight face. <laughs> not that. Wow. But that, like, the actress is is older mm-hmm. than than the character right. that she's playing. Right. 
Yeah. But yeah, but I mean, she's, I mean, I mean, yes, she's probably like three years older or so than the character she's supposed to be playing, but no, she is, she is young. But it's also, I, I like Grant, um, the actor that, that plays Grant. I, he, yeah. he does a really good job and I like the character itself, you know, and he's an interesting character too, because he's, I think like 13 or 14 years old uh, in real life, but like he's, his dad's a boxer and I think like really not well known by any means, but like he's a boxer, but he's been like training for like Olympic boxing since he was a kid. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, like, yeah. And then like that was his thing. Like he'd been around evidently before that. And then from his appearances on TV, because of like he, you know, had been winning fights and stuff like that for a kid, um, he ended up getting seen by people that were like, hey, let's make this kid face in the TV shows and something like that. So I think he's from right. Euphoria originally, which I haven't watched that show, but I think he's on that. And then he's been in this show. You, you said Euphoria? Euphoria? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, the one with um um what's your name? Um, yep. MJ from yep. Spider Man. Uh, Fudge. Nope, that's not her name. Yeah. Not Fudge, but yes. Zendaya. You talking about? Yes. Zendaya. Yeah, Zendaya. Zendaya. She has the HBO. She, she earned she earned a Golden Globe, right? I have no idea. For that, not a Golden Globe. A um. Emmy. I don't know. It was daytime Emmy. No daytime idea. Emmy. Yeah, but I know she did. She she won something. That's for sure. For the series, because they said that she was excellent. But yeah, anyway. Um. But yeah, I mean, he he. he I didn't know all that stuff about that actor. But they, that, that that whole cast is really talented. Mm-hmm. Like even, I mean, I love Becky. She's I, great. I, I do. Yeah, yeah I, I love she's really because, good. I mean, you got the Riddler in there too. You know? Yeah. Well, the moment you saw that that Kevin Christie's son was the Riddler, you're like, well, this isn't going well. <laughs> <laughs> let Let me ask you guys this. Um, at what point? And I know you guys, you guys kind of saw like, oh yeah, I'm okay. It was disturbing, but I was alright, and I was used to it. Was there ever a moment, what was the most disturbing thing that happened in the show that made you go, oh, okay. <laughs> kind uh, of for me, it was Wilson Wilson's torture. I mean, that was very disturbing. Um, very disturbing. To say I don't know. I mean, I, I think oddly enough, even though uh, you don't, I guess you do see something. I mean, you know, actually you don't get very much happy. I think what disturbed me the most was, uh, seeing how easily and well trained uh the people of uh of of the farm were so that that uh, Arby was baby just be able to give this kid like an Uzi and be like, all right, you you know what to do to get that <laughs> little boy and like to send them in to kill people. I thought that disturbed me oddly enough. Um as well as Arby killing the baby. I mean, you know. Oh. Oh that's right. Yeah. Oh, that's right. And, that was a, and also, like, because like she's a, a known actress, I expected her to be around. So I was, I was like, "You're going to kill Fiona Dorif." I'm like, "Damn it, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Rafi! You should recognize her from um, Dirk Gently." Yeah, where she was fantastic in that role. But uh, but no, she's just. I like her as an actress, and I just thought that she'd be around. It's like, oh, you're already gone. I, I just <laughs> because I was um, catching up on the blacklist. She's also plays Jennifer, um, the sister to uh, mm-hmm. Keen on, on the blacklist. And I'm like, I was staring at her for a few minutes and I'm like, she looks so old. That's right. Dirk Chatley. <laughs> yeah. I, I really like her a lot, but, um, but yeah, Arby killing the kid was also one of those that was like, but yeah, well, I mean, but Wilson Wilson's torture was just, it was so drawn out. And again, you expected someone to save him because he's obviously a star of the show. <laughs> you know. Well, that, that, um, that point in the in the show is actually where RB starts to redeem himself a little bit because that's his turning point of, of him sort of awakening to what he's doing. 
to right. realize well, they he, knew he doesn't want to keep doing what he's doing. Well, well, you remember um, Kevin Christie even said to him, "This this job is going to be hard on you." So he even knew that he has some kind of thing about kids. It's probably because of the whole sister thing. Yeah. So it's probably like that. It's probably that relates to him when it's that young. But at the same time, though, he had no problem like threatening that little kid. Because remember, they were like the, the woman at the teacher at the school was like, oh, is he going to come back? He goes, if he does, the, if he does the job right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <you're> like, wow. <laughs> that, it was it was pretty. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, there's just so many things. Just with RB alone, RB and everything that surrounds RB, that you're like, oh man. I'm I'm just glad that the kid didn't actually do the 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 killing. You know, mm-hmm. that I know it sounds wrong, but it's like it 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 seems a little bit better that they didn't go that far to make it seem like, yeah, we're gonna have this kid kill the whole family. Yeah, well, I mean, I think they're also like you know, you're also dealing in America. So I think they were like, yeah, maybe we won't have that happen. <laughs> it's not that they didn't have. A, I mean, granted, we still had a kid shoot somebody to death. I mean, Alice happened. Like she even said, she goes, I that was like one of the happiest moments I've had, <laughs> you know, was killing that yeah. guy. I was killing that woman. Um, but uh, but still, I think like the whole wiping out of the family, I can see I can see that if it was written in the script, they were like. Nah, not in America. Not right now. <laughs> right. Yeah. America. Especially not right now. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say now let's go back to this. Um the theme of this whole thing is, you know, yes, um this comic book is supposed to be like giving hints to um future future world events that, you know that can you know, like like get kill off a population. But the fact that it's a pandemic, even though they have the warning saying Understand that, pa, 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 pa. you know, was that a little bit creepy for you? No, I mean, and also I found it weird because considering how many people watched Contagion in March <laughs> <laughs> and bragged about it, I'm like, why did you watch a movie about a contagious disease that's killing off people? Um, but it's also, the thing is, too, like... this, yeah, um, also <laughs> don't forget, uh, as I had mentioned, uh, in the very beginning, is that. This is from a British TV, and that was already part of the thing. So this is not Ugh. this is not an American creation. So they didn't create this around the pandemic. This show came out in 2013, and was right. about because uh, other pandemics have been out by that point as well. Or yeah. I mean, right, pandemic, upper um, so not pandemics, but other uh, epidemics. Uh, epidemics had already come out. Right, and, and, and obviously, I'm not saying you know, oh, it's creepy, but it just feels that way because. Obviously, in the world that we're in now, mm-hmm. you know, it just feels like it hits close to home. It's kind of like when you're, um, when you break up with somebody, and um, when you turn on the radio, and all the, you feel like all the songs are um, making fun of you. Not making fun of you, but but kind of sad songs. When mm-hmm. meanwhile, you're just paying attention to it more because you have that on your mind. Of course. So it's just kind of funny how that rolls in now. You know, even though this is a little bit more direct than we would like. For a fun little. Uh, uh, side thing if if you listeners want to throw in your guesses as to how many times that's happened to the cap go right hey. ahead send us a message at uh, on our Facebook or through Instagram at Meanwhile22 cap 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 don't talk about his personal life not like that <laughs> <laughs> not like that asshole um, <laughs> let me ask you this um, because there, there was a bunch of violence and a lot of shooting a lot of disturbing images one thing I was interested in when they finally got to do hand-to-hand combat, who did you enjoy better? Or hand-to-hand combat slash 
you know, gunplay and all that stuff. Yeah. Who did you like better, Jessica or Arby? Um, well, I want to say this, that um, they they hinted a lot at, like, the Jessica's origins. Just with yeah. the way you saw how she fought, and then w- when she fought with Arby, you could see, and the fact that their gun was the same, you're like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, yeah. You know that Jessica had similar training, and she she was probably part of home for a while. Um, but to the to answer your question about the fighting, um, yeah, I think Jessica's fighting style was. Well, I, I enjoyed her fight scenes a lot, quite a lot, and because even though she seemed to be, have like the structure of of being trained, she also had that wild element to it, where it's like yeah, she she improvised a lot, you know. Yeah, well, she she had the training, but she fought like a bar fighter um, yeah. very often, um, which was made it fun. I mean, she's she's very animalistic because again, also she had to grow up on the street. That's what they're they're trying to show is she had to grow up like a, a rabid animal very often um, to to survive. Whereas RB, they probably see, received again the same training, but he's in a very structured environment, and that's also the way his mind works. He's very right. structured, uh, you know. So that it works out. So I mean, it was it was just great watching the scene. I don't have a, a favor between the two per se, because I think the scene worked out really well. But, um, but yeah, I enjoy watching Jessica's fight scenes because it's just so, just so brutal in there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, this is, and also I like the fact that she's, she's not indestructible. Like she's very fallible, you know, um, that she's not, and she doesn't do some weird flip down and do that freaking hand on the ground pose that uh, the superhero pose, you know, like it's all that kind of crap that I'm tired of seeing. I'm going to go a step further, Mike. I'm glad that she looks rough. Yeah, she does look rough. Doesn't she? <laughs> because because if you if you would have given this to the CW, and I'm not knocking the CW, given this to the CW or any other like major network, mm-hmm. or even HBO, even though it was pitched for HBO originally. Yeah. But I can see even maybe with HBO, they might make her cuter or or, or glam yeah. her up a little bit. Oh, I can you know, see that. they 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 made her like almost like all oh, the girl with the dragon tattoo. Yeah. What uh-huh. What was funny is like. You know she probably spent the same amount of time in that makeup chair just to make her look like this. <laughs> well, I love the fact that, like, no matter what, you're assuming she showers, but she always looked dirty. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, her skin, her face always looked like she just got, like, thrown in the mud. I'm like, how are you always dirty looking? Doesn't anyone help you clean? Her stylist is Miss Piggy, always rolling around in, in the mud. <laughs> Nah, nah. See, see, you don't even watch the Muppets because you know yeah, Miss Piggy's pristine. Opposite. Yeah, I was gonna say her, 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 her designer is Pigpen from from Peanuts. There, there you go. go. That's how you do it. <laughs> no, but actually, I, I definitely liked her look and everything like that. Um, like I said, like initially her introduction, I thought like it just it felt a little forced at first because she just was such the opposite of what you would have thought the character, even the character drawn, looked very much like right. an Alice in Wonderland type character. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, I, I, I just I let that go and just and just accepted the ride for what it was. And I, like I said, I really like her. So I think they. Well, I, well up. I accepted it because of the fact that um, the drawing made it look like Alice in Wonderland, but it's almost like a f- um, oh, what do they call them? Um, you know, um, shoot, Use I your am words, so sorry, my brain. Come on, you can do it. I'm trying. I'm trying. Fight that dead brain. Fight the dead brain. <laughs> well, if we don't um, talk, we have dead air. <laughs> well, if you. Allow me to talk. That'd be great. How about that one? All right. What's right. that word? I grant you permission. I'm 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 not gonna make it the word. I'm gonna use a phrase. <laughs> or, you know how when they talk about not necessarily historical events, but you know like myths or you know myths that are based on like events that really happened, they glam it up a little bit. 
mm-hmm. thought that that's what the, the book was. You know, um, Utopia makes her look more, you know, cuter or whatever than what she actually was. Well, it's also, remember, this is not On now. Purpose. But no, it's also not now. Right. I mean, it's when she was a right. kid. So she probably was right. in regular clothes and her hair was combed, you know. <laughs> this is this right. isn't like you know ten years later with her. Yeah, but we're, yeah, but we're also not dealing with a real rabbit, so. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, the thing is, no, but you know yeah, but, but, but again, remember, this isn't predicting the future. This is her dad drawing her, so she would have looked like that, <laughs> you know. I guess. I well, mean, well I why would she not have looked at? Let's put, look at everyone else at home. All the hair was done neatly. Everyone was in clean clothes. Yep. Just like in the drawing, everyone yeah. looked exactly like she did. It was old-fashioned clothes, you know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's, that's exactly what she did look like. <laughs> and now time went on. You know. Before she went to hard times. We're missing one. You know there's one character we didn't really cover? The Doctor. Oh, we haven't gotten around to him. Michael Stearns. Rain Wilson as Michael Stearns. Uh, oh, he was just just brilliant. <laughs> I, I yes. really enjoyed his, his character. Um, I, but And I kept saying the whole time, I'm like, what's going to be up with his wife? I, I just knew she Thank had any part of it. Yes, because she was so, and, and, and no knock to anybody who's married. I'm just like, you know, she was so supportive. I'm like, okay, yeah, she, she ain't giving him shit. Yeah. She's not giving him shit. She's not, yeah, something's up. And then when when, when, when she showed her true colors, I'm like, uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> that's where he, that's where the cap uh, secretly goes into his uh, soundproof vault where he's able to say anything he wants and then just whispers, called it. Just yeah, oh, totally, totally. But, but again, what I loved there was that again, like you know, Jessica's having the fight there, and and that's also one thing I like about it. The crew, they're like, if Jessica's there, they're like, okay, everyone, just stand back. She'll, she'll I'm sure she'll win. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, because I mean, because that's what I like about it. They're not fighters. They're not trained for any of this. These are these are comic book people. These are like people with boring lives or whatnot. That's like, they're, they're not like even. Oh, maybe I could. Nope. Now, if she wasn't there, they had to fight for their lives. Sure, they'd run or do whatever they could, but it's like, no, she's here. <laughs> when I saw that scene, I was like, and you saw the gun just like going back and forth. I'm like, so none of you going to pick up that gun? Like, I know. <laughs> and they were like, no, we're not. <laughs> it took freaking Alice, the youngest one there, to grab that gun and shoot the wife. Yeah. And you can't say Look that the she flowers. had the biggest Look reason the because... Because Wilson Wilson also had a great reason. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, know? but Wilson Wilson would probably miss like every time. Uh, very no possible. depth perception. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh. yeah, but I definitely like that. But now, what did we think though, as the mystery was going on again before we finally get um, Christy to finally tell us what the whole purpose of all this was? What did, like, like how was the mind going? Like Ralph said, he he knew it right away. But like, how did you know you go? Because I mean, I was wondering where they're going with this. Because um, I didn't think they were going to do anything as dramatic as population control. Uh, so I, you know, I had an idea only, be, and it's the only reason is because we're, we're, we're about a year and change removed from um, Endgame. Okay. Oh, because the, the idea of Thanos talking about you know population control and that stuff, I had an inkling, but I didn't really like lean that way. I thought it's a possibility. I was what, like, okay, what, you know, I'm, I'm trying to understand the relationship between the two ideas. Well, because I was thinking about like you know these kids are dying, like they, like like these kids were being, you know, dying off. I didn't know that how he explained how the vaccine actually works and how the the actual pandemic works with it. But I, I something told me like I thought that okay they put the pan they they put the um they created the, the 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 virus and that I didn't know what I was thinking, but I knew that 
I thought that they had created the virus and that that's all I knew and that they were going to kill kids and it was a way of controlling the population. But I thought it for two seconds. I didn't even think that deeply. I was like, oh, it could be this. Because I thought about how Thanos talks about, you know, we, 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 you know, the universe is overpopulated. We need to kind of get things down. It hit me in the head for two seconds and then left. And I just never thought about it again until when, when, when um, episode nine, or episode 10, excuse me. Yeah, okay. I, um, For me, like, w- once I heard... Well, like I said, once once I heard him say, you know, in this overpopulated world, I was like, yeah, he's doing something about sterilization. And then it immediately brought me to, I don't know, Mike, if you if you saw the uh, the sci-fi miniseries um, Childhood's End. Mm-hmm. You remember that one? Yeah. So in, in well, for, for the cap, it's a uh, it's a futuristic uh, sci-fi uh, miniseries based on a, of a book. And in the book, mm-hmm. there's this alien race that uh, comes down to Earth and, like, essentially is like, here's a gift. We're going to give you, you know, heal all your sicknesses. You won't have to work. You know, anything you want will be provided for you. But it's because they know that um, the human race is coming to an end. So they they also um, sterilize everyone on the planet so that that that, that is the last generation and then they preserve the human race essentially. So, but just the sterilization uh, uh, aspect of it reminded me uh, of of that in, in Utopia. And I'm like, oh yeah, because it seemed like because yeah. even in the in in that miniseries, they're like, well, this is important because they've used up all the resources on the planet. You, you know, mm-hmm. this is the the best way to maintain and and help everyone who's still alive survive. Right, you know. Well, that I mean, that is also like a depressing part in the show is, um, you know, of course they're taking it to extreme view, and you never know what will happen between here and there. But like when they're talking about how the population is increasing and da 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 da, and resources becoming more scarce, which of course we know is going to happen, like it, it is one of those things that plays in your mind, like, yeah, like how are we going to survive? Like, <laughs> you know, like that kind of thing, like just it plays in your head and stuff like that. Because you know, like he said, like you know, like he even points out, he goes, "What are we going to do? Play nice and share." Yeah, <laughs> you know, who shares? We we we've proven that that doesn't work in our in our world of human um, beings. Yeah, the, the, definitely. Yeah. The only way uh, the human race could find some sustainability would be if they figure out replicators from Star Trek. Yeah, right. <laughs> or, or I mean, well, I mean, that is the idea of the GMOs. I don't forget too is that they can genetically modify the food and then grow it, and that will be food. Right. Yeah, um, but, but not instantly. Like Certainly, but replicator you know, could replicator. Yeah, but if we if, if we, we glass design of that, whiskey. we design a lot of other things, you know. But uh, now, including other humans, make yeah. me now, an edible glass the, of whiskey. <laughs> now, what about the the finale? Like, I, how did you guys feel about the way they wrapped just, it up? Because it didn't it didn't work for me. It it didn't it, work really? logically. Yeah, it didn't work logically for me. Let alone like it, it just didn't it didn't feel like a yeah. It That's felt, it. <laughs> it felt like something was missing. Like there was supposed to be another episode. I'll agree. To explain something because, it just I'm I'm just gonna spoil this shit to, to rotten. So we have Rain Wilson's character leaving with the mother egg in the car. As turn, he turned the car into an incubator, so he's he's sweating up a storm up in there. And then right. we don't see him again. Then Ian and Alice get picked up by Wilson, uh, in a in a car. And it turns out, With, uh, Dr. Christie. Yeah, Dr. Christie's in the car. So then they're like, "Fucking traitor!" 
No, no, hold on. I'm no, no. I'm mistaking it. It was a uh, uh, oh, Wilson. Wilson is the one that signaled them in. Yeah, Wilson. No, no, Wilson. I'm sorry. Was it to, to Ian and, and Alice, or was that to uh, Betty and uh, and Grant? It was to um, Becky and Grant. I Becky believe. and Wait. Grant, right? I think so. Yes. 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 Because it was yeah. Becky that was mad. Yeah. yeah, it was Becky that 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 yeah. called him a traitor. So, and then you see Ian and, and Alice walking uh, under an over uh, over under an overpass, and then we don't see them again. And then Jessica back at home, and it turns out that the the woman fairy who's, godmother the fairy godmother is actually a rabbit as well so like or or maybe even mr rabbit it's hard to say yeah like we don't know the and, same marks we don't know yeah we don't know if it's more than one or right and the yeah. father's alive and clearly alice has a whole bunch of different um host uh uh viruses she has all on, the she has all the rat. viruses on her yeah she has all the viruses yeah i'm like Okay, is there going to be some explanation, or you, no, no explanation, no? Well, that would okay. be that would be a second season. I see. I had no problem with like right. I had no problem with any of the cliffhangers at all because I mean, again, I mean, he could have some nefarious reason, but um, the doctor taking the egg is the smartest thing in the world because a not only does he have the egg that's producing the uh, that's producing the sterilization, the, uh, the, virus. The, the sterilization virus, but that means with that he can also manufacture a, a cure or a vaccine for it. Or he has so that proof makes now. sense. Well, there's that, but I mean, even more importantly, because I mean, he's gonna—he knows he's gonna have a hard sell on that, but he can at least try and replicate it in enough to make a cure, or at least some kind of vaccine. Hopefully, I mean, again, that's what I would assume he would think to do with he's, it, because that's gonna what make, he does. He's gonna make a vaccine um, for the vaccine. Well, yeah, there you go. Um, but uh, I just didn't like the way that they saved the day, kind of thing. That was the only part I had no problem with the cliffhangers. It was the <laughs> like they're barely able to break through any of these vials. So that means that there are like thousands upon hundreds of thousands of vials that were probably just fine. I mean, that fire, it's going to hit a lot, but it's not going to destroy every single thing. It was just one of these things where I'm like, well, that's not as celebratory as they think it is. It's like, you know, I mean, I'm sure you can replicate something out of a, of a vaccine or at least try to and whatever. So it didn't feel like they accomplished their goal. But again, maybe that's supposed to play in our head as well. Maybe that is what we're supposed to think as well, because it just... It didn't feel like, yeah, we stuck it to him. We we've saved the world. It's like, did you? Because it doesn't feel like it. <laughs> well, they they kind of because if you if you think about it, like they can't remake the vi the vaccine without the mother egg, and they exploded all the other eggs. So well, why can't they make it the vaccine? Like, let's put it this way, they created the vaccine themselves, right? So that means they have the knowledge of how to create that vaccine. I guess that's the true. mother egg is just. The, the, the part that would make it easier for them and, and, having, would still right, take any, and having any amount of that vaccine plus the notes it's going to be like okay that's why i'm saying it doesn't bother me that that the doctor took the egg because i'm thinking he's probably trying to figure out how to reverse it because or, that would that's what he does or you know? here's, here's here's my thinking so they destroyed this shipment right so it's still it'll still take them time to produce the vaccine within that time they could probably expose the plot and stop them from being able to produce more vaccine yeah, you would hope, yeah. you know. Yeah, but um, I'll 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 put my two cents in about um, how I felt the ending was. I definitely agree with Ralph. It definitely felt like um, it didn't feel rushed. It just felt incomplete. That's what it felt like. It felt incomplete. So I know for me it was you know like I'm watching it and hoping that maybe there's another 10, 15 minutes, but it just felt like, or maybe another hidden episode, or maybe this episode was longer than the others, and it it just kind of left you like. 
Okay. Yeah, there's so I mean that, that I'll say that. It's, well, so for 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 you uh listeners out there, here's a special treat. There actually is a hidden episode. You got to look closely when they show the a close up at the comic book of Utopia. There's a little QR code. If you get your phone close enough to the screen, you can scan it and it'll take you to the hidden episode. In which episode You're it's in? Oh, you got to figure that out for yourself. Yeah. Aha. Uh-huh. You're fucking You're fucking crazy. <laughs> You're crazy. Well, you um, see I'm wearing my whistle right, here, so- right? Is there anything we want to say before we go into renaming the show and renaming the series and ratings? Um, I, I really want to see what they're going to do with RB in the second season because now mm-hmm. we know that he's Jessica's brother and and also just to see how it goes with... Clearly, there's going to be some sort of conflict between Christy and the fairy godmother because they, right. they seem to right. be at odds now. So I can't wait to see what happens there. Also, I'm having the strongest, strongest feeling as you possibly can have that that the fairy godmother is also Jessica's mother. Yeah. Yes. I mean, that's that's what I assume she is. So I'll be surprised if she's not. Yeah. Right. It. The, the, I mean, there's a, there's a lot still to uncover. I'm definitely down for a season two. Oh yeah. Um, definitely. Um, it was definitely a fun ride. But it was a creepy ride, and it took me. It took like I could I could watch two episodes in a shot, and people go, "Oh, you said the same thing about the boys." I'm like, no, the boys was just a lot of like action and violence or whatever. This was disturbing, you know. And even the artwork, the artwork was great, Art but was disturbing as fuck. Absolutely beautiful. Yeah. All right, so let's go into it. Renaming the series, Ralphie. Should I go first, or do you think you're ready? Yeah, well, you like to go first, so I'll, I'll give you that uh, opportunity. I give right. you cool. that gift. Well, I'm glad you did. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, I'm going to go with... It's a toss-up between um, White Boy Thanos and... Um, um, to, 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 to use the name of a John Cusack film, Better Off Dead. <laughs> Ralph? That was a, listen, I love that That's movie. Great, I love that movie. I love that film. movie, Better Off <laughs> Dead. That's a great film. Holds up till this day. Uh, I'm going to call it right. Utopia. Sex, Drugs, Death. And some rock and roll, I guess. There you go. <laughs> and some rock and roll, yeah. <laughs> Mike? Um, well, it has so much going on. I call it cornucopia, an abundance of violence, style, and satire. Or I could also call it thank Her Majesty the Queen for British TV, or we'd have nothing to watch. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Like, all these great shows, we're like, this is a great show. I'm like, it's from England. No, really? Yeah, we have no imagination. <laughs> thank you, Your Majesty. <laughs> All right, so let's 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 go for it. Ratings for Utopia. Swinging it back to Ralph. What you got? I give Utopia eight uh, Wilson eyeballs out of ten. Because wow, poor was, poor Wilson's eyeball. It was just so good. My poor Wilson, but his eyeball. Yeah, I'm actually gonna give it a nine. What have you done today to earn yourself in this crowded world? Out of ten. There you go, Mike. I give it eight and a half. And where's Jessica Hyde? Out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> where's the boy? All right. Where's the book? Yeah. Where's Jessica Hyde? Where's Utopia? All right. So, so there you have it. Utopia season one. Um, I'm definitely ready for a season two. As disturbing as that was, but guys, don't go anywhere. Geeks on the go. 
That's next. Geeks on the go. No, <laughs> Was she here? Yeah, Jessica. Yeah. She's right behind oh. you, Mike. Watch out. Hide. <laughs> Why'd you call her name? Oh, because oh, I, I actually want right. her to succeed. Because it's, ah, it's part of my plot. If I remove you from the show, then I can finally talk. Nah, nah. Ah. I've got a backup. I've got lo I've got lots of clones just waiting, <laughs> waiting in the wings. Oh my goodness! I should have never <laughs> given you that chemistry. Hopefully, the clones don't have mouths because that's a lot of words. Yeah, you know. All right, guys. You know the segment. I give quick questions. They give quick answers on all things geek, and we make it under a minute when we want to or when they want to because it depends on how much they want to bust my horns. And when they, I mean Ralph. Yes, it's always me. <laughs> wink, wink, Mike. Wink, it, it wink. It is. Are well, we it just seems to be a long delay for this Geeks on the Go. I know, right? Well, That's all me. That... Witty, but you are the delay. <laughs> Ready, set, go. Which is worse, getting a hand chopped off or getting your eye scooped out? Mike. Nah, scooping your eye out with your chopped off hand. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Ralph. I would say getting your hand chopped off because if you're blind, you can still be fine. But if you lose your hands, then, you know, you can't grab shit. You can't so. jerk off, too. Or, or, or this is your good hand, whatever. Um, <laughs> end of the world slash last stand scenario. What hero or villain do you want by your side? Ralph. Megamind. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Mike. Uh, if it's truly ended the world of the last stand, that means the other heroes have failed. So I'm taking Lockjaw of the Inhumans because he can teleport me to another dimension. Ooh, oh, boy. Nice. <laughs> and do you think Black Widow should be released in theaters or through the Disney Plus app? Mike. They need money in the theaters, bitches. Okay. And <laughs> time is up. But, you know, that it just happened that way. Ralph. Um, I would love to see Black Widow in my home comfortably in the dark with some popcorn wow, that's just right. maybe just a, to let all the viewers know out there none of you go to ralph's house to see black widow because it's going to get real uncomfortable <laughs> what are you talking about it's just going to be tons of action why do you have a separate bucket of just a buttery lube over there what's that <laughs> that's to pour over the popcorn <laughs> duh uh-huh What's that zipper oh, sound I keep hearing? <laughs> That's the popcorn. Duh. Why it's do you sound? Why do you, why, why do you sound like you're straining? That's the, it's popcorn. the popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> wow. wow. We, we we just got brotastic right there. My goodness. All right. <laughs> All right. Shout outs. What what shout outs do we have today, gentlemen? Mike Ralph. Well, shout outs. Well, obviously like we're shouting out to. Go for it. Andrew, you, you were on the right track. Go ahead. Go. I'm shouting out to Mr. Henry Martinez. That's right. Thank you for coming on the show. That's damn right. The people we can have on here loving us, loving you. We can call him Absolutely. Hank. Can we call him Hank? I don't know. He didn't say. But we're going to call him Henry anyhow. Well, well, he said don't call him Mr. Martinez. We can call him Henry. Oh, okay. There we go. That's right. He, he definitely that's shout out to him and shout out to everybody. Hopefully you're all enjoying everything. Getting close. Flu seasons. Get that shot. Let's go. Let's keep this moving. I want 2021 to, to get shout, here. Shout, shout, shout out to Keela. 
And uh, one other shout out I want to do is even though with the rate that we're getting things out, this will never happen before the time. But some weird world, make sure you get out and vote USA. Yes. Even if this show does not come out on time for the election, which it will not, it'll probably be about a week or two behind. But we're throwing it out there to the universe. Everybody vote. Everybody vote. And, and I'm somebody that I understand for those who do who don't like national elections because you feel like, well, if I'm the state that is going to lean this way anyway, why am I going to go? Your vote is still important, guys. Vote. And you never know which way your state's going to lean. Pennsylvania proved that last uh, election. And I'm, ain't that the truth? I'm going to be a little bit optimistic, and I'm going to say thank you for voting because you're probably going to hear this after you've already voted. Yeah, yeah so right. for those and, who. And if this comes out, you know, at a point where you're waiting on the line, this is a great thing to listen to while you're waiting to vote. Yeah. So hopefully, exactly. you're, yeah. <laughs> or, or by the time they hear it, it'll probably be like Black Friday. So <laughs> you're on the line for Black Friday. There you go. <laughs> That's great too. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah. I'll um, my shout outs. Um, I'll usually, you know, go to Tinkerbell, go to Team Tiff, go to. Um, let me see. Um, I think has Ruben even listened? No, Ruben don't listen anymore. But <laughs> um, Johannes has, of, of course, been listening. He's a little behind, but he's been listening. So shout out to Johannes. Hey, um, hey, don't talk about his little behind. Wow. <laughs> I didn't even hear that. And I'm, I'm always 12 years old in my head. I did not hear me say that, but okay. <laughs> and of course, shout out to Tiff. Hope, hope you check this out. We'll see if you do. If you're anything like Aaron, I doubt it, but okay. <laughs> the code Shout word Aaron is... Shout out to Aaron if you got this far. No code word? Fuck it. The code word is no code word. There you go. <laughs> there we go. Ah, so um, there is a code else... word. There we go. Is there anything else you want to add before we um, bid adieu? Uh, adieu. I do want to add something. Oh. Where's oh, the boy? I do want to add something. Where's more? Utopia? Where's Jessica Hyde? Oh, my goodness. Where's the closing of the show? So for MFG, Mike the Finance Guy, and RT Square, Ralph the Tech, this is The Cap saying keep it geeky and keep it voting. See you guys later. Bye.